We're back, baby. It's coming in without contact. Summer 2022. It's a new season. Season two. You know, we, we had a good time last summer, so we'll do it again. We're going to have all new guests. But today, we're going to start off with Hope. She's got a little text to read and introduce her topic. So Hope, whenever you're ready, you can take it away. So recently, I've been reflecting a lot on the process of language learning. I've studied languages in a few different formats over the years to various rates of success, from studying in classrooms to living in country, like one-on-one tutoring. And at this point, I've pretty much experienced every vector of consuming language. Throughout all of this, I've mourned the end of my quote-unquote sensitive period in language acquisition that begins as an infant and lasts until you're around 10 to 12 years old. By the time you're around 12, the functional connections in your speech cortex have already been established and are a bit fixed, and language learning becomes a more difficult task. But it was only at the end of this sensitive period that I began learning my second language, French. In fact, like most languages I've come to study, I began in young adulthood. So this brings me to the inevitable question, is it possible to gain fluency as an adult? And what are the benefits of even doing so? I mean, perhaps this is just me trying to find, like, reasoning within my interests, and maybe this is only of personal interest to me, but why learn other languages at all? So I would like to hand these questions over to you and ask, what has your experience been with bilingualism and learning other languages? So first off, I suck at languages, okay? Just, just, (laughs) not a language person. I uh, took Latin for three years in high school, flunked out of that somehow passed the AP exam, but other than that, real real bad student, not good at studying. Uh, before that, I went to Chinese school when I was younger because I grew up in a Chinese household. Uh, barely know any Chinese today. Can't read or write it. I can understand it pretty well, but can't speak it. Suck as a language student. So uh, <laughs> I avoid that. And that includes, by the way, like the language of music, like music theory, no idea what's going on there. Coding, I've tried coding before, sort of like got through some beginner stuff, but then not really understood what I was learning. So yeah, just not a language person. For, for me, obviously coding actually, when I took a class on Python was pretty like intuitive for me, but I think that might've been because I'd already spent so many years trying to struggle through learning um, like language languages, French and Arabic at that point. But I was really interested in, so you've grown up in a bilingual household where your parents often speak to you in Chinese. I've never had that experience and how has that like influenced you? I definitely think that it has given me a different perspective and understanding of the world. I don't know how exactly to verbalize that because it's kind of hard to describe exactly what's different compared to if I hadn't had that experience. But it's also kind of made me feel awkward in certain situations, especially with other Chinese people. Like I'm more self-aware that I am unable to communicate fluently with them. So... And I feel like I'm more awkward, the fact that I sort of know Chinese, but not well, compared to if I didn't know Chinese at all, I wouldn't feel as bad 
like there's that expectation that you grew up in a Chinese household, you should know Chinese. You've like tried to learn it for years. Your parents have spoken it to you. I feel like a lot of Asian Americans now have that pressure and to different extents. But yeah, I don't know exactly what the results or consequences of it are. But would you say your comprehension, like your listening, is on a fluent level? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think I'd understand maybe eighty percent of what was spoken to me in Chinese. Like, if I if you dropped me down in China, I wouldn't be able to communicate with others, but I'd understand what was going on around me for the most part. I was um I was reading up on a study that said that they had found that adults who learn languages can have their brains rewired, similar to how a child's brain would be able to be rewired by learning new languages. But it was mostly if if it was just them listening to another language, it doesn't really cause that. It's mostly them speaking and reading the language. That allows their brains to sort of form these new connections and truly like be rewired by learning a second language. And I found it really interesting because I've always found listening to be the easiest aspect of learning a language for me personally. And even with you like growing up in a bilingual household, like you're able to listen and understand. And so to actually read scientifically that like your brains do the least amount of work almost in like rerouting how you think. In language learning through listening, was an epiphany for me because a lot of times I speak to people and they say like, "Oh yeah, I can like read it. It's I can find read it fine, but I can't understand it when people are speaking to me," which has never been my experience. So maybe they just know the language better than I do, and I can just listen to things. So what you're talking about is really interesting, and it reminds me of like those. Weird stories where someone like hits their head and then suddenly they can speak another language fluently, like maybe even a language they've never come in contact with before. I don't know if those stories are real or not. Oh,、uh, I think most of the time that's people just like making up words. But yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. But it sounds so cool, you know? Like <laughs> you just—it's like a magic power you've gained overnight. You just wake up one day and you're like. I can speak this other language fluently. I don't think they can. I'm pretty sure when it's like, oh, they woke up and suddenly they speak Spanish. Like they're just saying random words in Spanish. That might be Spanish words, but oftentimes just sound like Spanish words, and it's almost like they're just stuck speaking gibberish, but like <laughs> in a different language. But I could be wrong. I didn't do any research into that. I was mostly looking scientifically. What's the process of language acquisition at various stages? I don't know if you were gonna mention this later, but do you know that theory? I don't know if it's Chomsky or someone else, but what language you learn literally redefines how you perceive the world. I wasn't going to talk about that specifically, but that is a very interesting topic because, like, I do think I agree because there's a lot of ways in how you. Speak and how you navigate things is through the words and the grammar and like even just the phrases you have within a language. I think I I was reading a book once on 
it was about like how women can often be like disadvantaged by like systems they're in. And one of the things it mentioned is that, you know, obviously there's some languages where everything's gendered, some languages where some things are gendered, and there are even languages where absolutely nothing is gendered at all. And the languages that where nothing is gendered or where everything is gendered often are the most like sexist and discriminatory whereas the ones where some things are gendered and some things aren't often are less sexist in or discriminatory in like how they determine laws or like bases for things which I found is really interesting and that's just like one subtle thing within languages that can have wider impacts and so obviously that goes beyond just like I mean, what you write into law is impacted by the sort of language you use. But, like, even just, like, navigating everyday things, I feel like often is. I don't know. Do you have more to contribute about that? I'm kind of getting, like, a little bit of deja vu. I don't know if we've talked about this before in a different episode. Uh Uh-huh. The most famous evidence is that researchers went out to some tribes in Africa and... Like, they speak their own language, basically. But their language has more words, like, more specific words for different shades of color. I think it was, like, specifically blue. So they could see and distinguish between very specific shades of blue that the researchers couldn't tell apart. But at the same time, they couldn't tell apart, like, to to us what was obvious colors like it was like i don't know black and purple or something like obviously we see those as two very distinct colors but they couldn't tell them apart visually or something something like that and so physiologically language made them have a different perception of the world and that's like crazy to me we got ronald here ronald welcome uh hello mr d yang uh, Ron, what has your experience with uh, growing up in a Chinese household been? Well, very complicated, I guess. I guess. Uh, well, my parents weren't around much, to be honest. But, you know, like, you know, the sort of Asian mentality where they always have to be grinding and putting all their, like, hopes sort of on me. And I guess my sister, too. Where it's like they work hard now in hopes that we get a better future so i never got to really see them and really develop a relationship with them but i still know that like they obviously care a lot about me because you know they're out there working like my dad for example he was out there working like 365 364 days a year with one like thanksgiving off and like he's out at like 12 p.m and then he gets back at like 2 a.m so definitely it was uh quite tough i wouldn't say that's like so like the typical, I guess, childhood that a lot of Chinese uh, kids have, but definitely there's a lot of similarities in the sense that um, I never received much love, I guess, you know, like outright love, like sort of like what uh, American culture sort of associates with it. But like, I definitely do know that they do love me. Well, then I guess being more a little more specific to your and your sister's experiences. Sure. You guys speak Mandarin in your household? Cantonese, Cantonese. Um, it's a very weird dynamic, sort of, I guess, with uh, that, where I can understand Cantonese, but when it comes to, like, 
speaking it or not, I always struggle to find the right the words. But also because I went to like Chinese school for like seven years for Mandarin. Uh, trust me, I did not learn anything in that because I sort of <laughs> cheated my way through it. But you know, whatever. So it's weird because when I like read like sort of like Chinese, I read it in Mandarin, but I don't understand it. Like you know, I just like it's ingrained in me where I can like if I were to read it, I read it in Mandarin. But because I never really learned like the actual words, I don't understand it. So I either have to try to translate to like the Cantonese equivalent, or I try to remember like the little bit of Mandarin I did learn. And try to like figure out what it means from there. It's it's a very it's very weird sort hey, of what I'm saying. We language like so flunky out of Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I never flunked out. I quit. All right, I have you know. I was like excellent cheater. Okay, maybe the Chinese schools in America are just not very good. Uh, I don't know about you, but mine was just like on Sunday. Like honestly, I didn't give. Uh, plus, it was Mandarin. So at that time, I was like Cantonese. Like what the. F- I don't, I really just don't care. But, you know, looking back, I wish I paid for attention, you know? Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest hurdles when teaching kids a language is a lot of times they just don't care. Like, there's no way you can force them to be interested in learning language if they're not. And so even though it's easier for kids to learn languages, a lot of times they're not motivated. Yeah, exactly. I think, like, the sort of, like, cutoff where it becomes, like, really hard learning language is, like, seven years old or something, if I remember correctly. Something like some psychological thing. I think it's not like impossible. It just becomes a lot harder. Yeah, the, so then, the like, sensitive yeah. period ends around age ten or twelve. I I definitely quit Chinese school after uh, way after that. So I don't know what my excuse was for not learning. <laughs> <laughs> that sensitive area. That sensitive time. But it's not even like motivation. It's like when I, for at least for me, I just didn't understand. Well, I guess this is for, true for most kids in, in just general school, but I didn't understand the importance, value, or purpose for learning Chinese. Mm-hmm. It would always be like, you need to learn Chinese because then it'll ensure your job prospects. You know, China's a booming economy. Uh, you can learn Chinese and then you can go do business in China. And I was always like, I don't, I'm not interested in going to China. No, thank you. So I like it never dawned on me that it could be useful in the future or that it, like it's a good skill to have. But then at the mm-hmm. same time, like you go to class and it's just like a bunch of other kids who don't care about learning Chinese really. And the teacher is like just kind of there to make some cash. They definitely were not like officially trained teachers. They were definitely just some random parents who knew Chinese, you know. And English, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. <laughs> oh, we got the teaching materials, just going to hand this out. Uh, let's see, let's see what you got. And then they'd give you the worksheets and homework, you know. And it's like, like, what what are we doing here? I mean, I think that's kind of an interesting point where it's like sort of the environment of school, right? Like we went, like we went to the same high school, obviously, where it was like very competitive. So a lot of kids from our high school, like went to like Ivy schools or like really top tier schools. But then you look at like sort of like the Chinese schools. I'm sure like a lot of the same kids were like, you know, they did well academically in like English school, but in Chinese schools, they did not care. So, I mean, sort of interesting to see like sort of like environment plays a role. Like I imagine like lesser, not lesser, but like less academically rigorous or challenging like sort of environments will maybe breed like sort of people who are definitely really smart and can succeed in life, but they just don't want to just because of the environment around them. 
Ronald, have you learned any languages other than Chinese? Um, yeah, I learned Spanish, I think. Yeah, so I guess it's actually been learning for a few years from like maybe fifth grade to 10, 11th grade, I believe. But like first few years were just like repeats of like the same stuff, basically, like the same like beginner stuff. But um, I'm terrible at Spanish, to be honest. <laughs> oh, wait, Dylan, how, how's your Latin? I mean, I know it's not like a really spoken language, but like. <laughs> Fun story. I, um, I signed up for Latin first year of college right and like when i was doing my college search i was interested in like seeing if the college had a latin department right so i go to class on the first day and and they're doing beginner latin stuff because i couldn't sign up for like advanced classes for some reason oh it was like like because they didn't have my prerequisite info like i didn't i didn't bother contacting anyone about it to put me in a more advanced class so i just went to, to beginner latin one on the first day <laughs> and i sat through the class and i was like yeah this is not happening so i <laughs> went home and i dropped the class and i sent the professor an email i was like hi i'm i'm um i've taken latin throughout high school you know i did i did well on the ap i i'm i'm thinking i'm just gonna drop this class and then she responded that she was like oh that I, I, we didn't know. We, we could put you in a higher level class if you want. And I was like, yeah, damn it. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, no thanks. I'm good. And then, and then I did something else. All right, so Latin's not going well. Not, Latin's not going anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will say, I, I, I'm not really, I'm not, probably not going to learn Spanish like again, but like, I will say that the little fun I do have with Spanish is like coming up with insults with the minimal vocabulary I have. Where it's like, you know, you know, you can go with the, like, you know, the basic stuff, like, you know, swear words, but like, it's more fun when you use like little, like basic words and you string them together to make some really weird, but like surprisingly insulting, like Spanish phrase. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, you know, tu es muy fea, you know, like you're very ugly or something like that. Right. It's just like the way I, you know, I just find it funny because like, I clearly don't have a Spanish accent. I'm like a Asian man speaking some some spanish and it's just it's very broken and everything i just i just find it hilarious so what you're saying <laughs> spanish is a very beautiful language um it's a very beautiful language but unfortunately i do not do it justice because i butcher the heck out of it and use it only for insulting people to be honest <laughs> okay <laughs> so i i don't know if you know this but i'm really big on languages i take uh, I've taken French and Arabic, and I'm gonna take Russian next year as well. So, like, I enjoy Holy. learning languages, and so um, for me, it's a whole different experience. Like, I was studying abroad in Jordan to try and like improve my Arabic and everything. So, <laughs> I really chose the wrong topic because I'm with two people who don't give a shit about language. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? We what care. Do you mean? I, I love Spanish. Es terrible. <laughs> like, that's like the extent of like what I know in Spanish. Um, no, um, Noah actually like loves learning languages too. I think, uh, he like says calendar to like Greek or something just so he could like force himself to, like learn the language. Damn, I don't know what else he's learning, but yeah. Oh, that's something we could talk about. We could talk about being immersion in the culture. So, hope tell us about like your experience in Jordan and like how did did it feel accelerated like your learning and your usage of it. 
Um, well, I was with other Americans while in Jordan. Like, I lived with a host family, but I spent my days, like, in classes with other Americans. So, in that sort of way, it wasn't very immersive, but obviously I was, like, in the country. Every night I was spent with, like, my host family eating dinner with them and things like that. And in that way, I, I definitely got a decent feel of the culture. And my language learning was obviously accelerated from just being in, like, a language <laughs> class. For an hour each day because obviously I'm taking in way more than an hour each day while I'm in the country but there's a lot of limits to like studying abroad with other Americans in that you're still going to use English the majority of the time you're with them and it's really easy to like fall back on that like there was someone who came to Jordan and knew no no Arabic beforehand and obviously by the end of it she like knew basic words and phrases and stuff but she was basically at the same point I was at at the end of my first semester taking Arabic. Like it, It's not like her progress is accelerated by her being there. Um, so it was like, I don't know, it's not like an immediate like, oh, being in the country, you're automatically going to learn the language to like X degree. But obviously it's going to be really beneficial to have that constant opportunity to speak with people, like even if it's just a taxi driver or like if you go to a restaurant and ordering your food, you'll have that like real experience. Would you prefer to be like thrown to like uh, Jordan where it's just no other American students and you're just like there, you had to learn Arabic or else I guess you wouldn't be able to do much if you didn't force yourself to learn it. Would you prefer that or do you think that's too scary? Um, I would prefer that, I think, but at the same point, I Jordan, I didn't even mention this. Everyone there spoke English, uh, and so, like, yeah, even if I did fair. talk to someone in Arabic, sometimes they'd hear my accent and automatically switch to English, so it wasn't like they'd... There were some people, like, my host mother didn't know any English, so obviously with her I spoke Arabic, but, like, my host father never, ever spoke to me in Arabic. He only spoke to me in English, like, because he knew English <laughs> and he wanted to practice it. And so he didn't want to speak to me in Arabic. That's not like, <laughs> um, and that was the case for a lot of like taxi drivers. They would speak to me in English, and I'd respond in Arabic. And they're like, "Wow, you really want to learn that Arabic?" But I want to speak English. So. <laughs> uh, Customers always right. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. Thinking of that, I was just thinking. Um, well, like BU has like an like insanely large like uh, international population. So like a lot of time, like they're like. Um, Chinese kids that came from like uh, came from China so like obviously they've learned English starting from like a young age but they're just like they're thrown across like halfway across the world and then like a lot of times you see them like stick together all the international students are like banding together and they don't really interact with like sort of like the American students I mean some obviously some do but like a lot of time like because of that their English doesn't really improve that much. I mean, they obviously try hard, but like, it's very noticeable, like the end of like four years or like when they're senior or something, they only use English in classrooms and like every other social interaction they have is only in like Chinese or so. So just thought of that. Yeah, that was basically my experience in Jordan. Like, because most of the time I'd be with Americans speaking English. And in our classrooms, we obviously spoke in Arabic, but like some classes were offered in English because we were at like an American institution in Jordan. We weren't at a Jordanian university. And so then like 
most of my time, I was still speaking English. And I think I was one of the people who was able to improve a bit more than others. And I think that was because, like, I had my host mother who only spoke Arabic. And there were people who, with their host families, they still spoke English. So I don't really know where they were ever getting their immersion from. (laughs) And, like, I had the same problem while I was in... I studied abroad in France my junior year of high school because I got two scholarships to do so. And when I was like outside of classes, I was with other American students and people would just speak English. So then my French didn't improve that much because the only time I was actually learning it was was when I was in a classroom, which is the same as if I had just been in the U.S. So obviously there's more opportunities because you can like when you're in restaurants or stuff or like out in the street, you can talk to people in French. But and like you'll just be like hearing things like and digesting them as you're walking through the world but for the most part if you're with other people who speak the same language as you a lot of times you just fall back on that especially if there are people who are at a level that's below you because they're not going to want or have the ability to speak whatever language it is 24 7 and you still want to hang out with them and get to know them so then it's like oh I'll speak English with you because you don't know any Arabic but then I'm not using my Arabic. I mean, to be fair, like, that's obviously what's more comfortable. Like, that's that's how I, I definitely would default to English if I could in the situation where, like, I might have to speak Chinese, like, to relatives or whatever. Um, because you can't just, you really are unable to express yourself and, like, everything you want to get across, like, None of your humor, none of your personality comes across through your broken, poorly studied <laughs> second second language, you know? So that it, it's just more comfortable to stick with people who, you, you know, like you can speak in your, your, your native tongue. Um, but then like at the same time for learning purposes, like you were saying, like the classroom is not, a, is not, well, it's not an unsafe space. But it's like, you have to, it's already embarrassing enough to make a mistake in a classroom, even if everyone is all, is like the same level as you and you're all learning the same language. But then to be in a situation where you're with a native speaker and you have to speak broken (laughs) to them, you know, that's just like, like heightened the, the embarrassment, the, the risk, you know, of putting yourself out there. So like, obviously it's, it's hard to do that. Yeah, I think that's the biggest hurdle in just learning a language. Especially, like, after you get past the beginner levels and you get more to, like, intermediate or, like, intermediate and advanced levels, the amount of progress you can physically see is just less and less as you go along. Because you're, like, maybe picking up a few words here and there, but for the most part, like, your listening level, your speaking level, everything's going to remain relatively stagnant and kind of at a plateau. And you're just kind of, like, waiting for things to click. And just, like, drudging along. Because the progress isn't there like you can see at the very beginning. And so then it's really just, like, what am I going to do about this? And, like, it's just forcing yourself to go into those situations. And I hate them personally. <laughs> like, I'm sweating just in this Zoom call not even looking at you from the anxiety. So, like, <laughs> just talking to people is obviously not easy. And that's something I've always struggled with. Because I, I feel like I'm pretty good at, like beginning a language and then it's like the carrying on and like just trying to force yourself to put out like put yourself out there is the difficult thing 
see i struggled <laughs> with the beginner stuff too <laughs> i had I had like five classes of all learning like the same like spanish words and i was just like <laughs> oh no every year i forget though <laughs> yeah it's definitely very hard i mean i just remember in high school when we had to do like um listen to like a native speaker speaking like spanish oh my gosh i was i knew it was doomed at that time honestly like they were speaking so fast i could not understand like a single word they were saying and i was like yeah no way no way i can never gain mastery over this i don't really have any other topics so <laughs> thank you for joining us for today and coming in without context um ronald what do you think the beginning question was uh oh wow okay when i joined i was really confused because i've never watched dylan's podcast but uh from way back if i can remember from like 30 minutes ago wow uh, a little short-term memory um something about development <laughs> i i can't even remember to be honest way too <laughs> we, long. Don't, we double asked, faked him out you're asking me, uh, like, me and my goldfish memory to remember, okay? This is not possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, something about development. Uh, yay, I got, like, I'll take, like, half points. I'll take 0.25 points. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to need those points in two episodes. Oh, Four. no. What? foreshadowing <laughs> all right that's been uh it's been coming in without context uh we're back baby this is season two episode one but it'll just be episode 16 because no one gives a shit what's you what, what summer um yeah thanks thanks for joining us ronald you'll you'll be with us for the next two episodes oh whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> all right cut 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 <laughs>